Who's the number two receiver in Arizona? What's the correct running back choice in Green Bay? And who's the biggest rookie sleeper in the NFC South? Plus, the two greats for the game co-owners, Jay Reed and Scott Connor, are here to talk about Jamison Crowder's 2018 prospects, what they're doing to prepare for the FFPC Bare Knuckle Challenge in Las Vegas, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived like slugs, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dance. They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore he killed Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, why isn't Naheem Hines redraft stock rising? Where should you be drafting Kiki Kuti? And Jay Reed and Scott Connor from the two greats for the game franchise drop in to discuss their pros versus Joe's prep, what it takes to make a high-stakes partnership successful, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Uh, feel free to post any questions you might have right inside there. You can also connect with us on Twitter at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to reach us there. And 347-426-3682, that's 347-GAMEOVA is the phone line if you want to hop on and give us a jingle tonight. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, email inbox that our producer, mutual friend Rob, and our audio engineer Bryce will be uh, getting to uh, all your questions later on in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. We'll do our best to get to uh, as many as possible tonight. The Football Guys Early Bird promotion is about to enter its last week. A free $35 uh, FFPC credit if you uh, sign up before uh, June 30th and draft the team before July 15th. That's going to expire next Saturday, so make sure you're getting in on that. If you are looking to book your room at Planet Hollywood for all the drafting uh, festivities out there, like Jay Reed and Scott Connor will be, uh, check check it out at myffpc.com. We have uh, discounted rooms at at Planet Hollywood. And, of course, if you want to watch week one in a sports book, restaurant, lounge, whatever you want on a Caesars property, you can do so for as little as $10. Uh, Greg Sidoris, our Casino Connections host, will hook you up with that. Before we get to Vegas, we have best ball drafts, classic drafts, starting at $35 on up. A ton of them going on this weekend, so hop in those. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, I know it's summer, uh, so maybe you got something going on as far as, you know, getting to the lake, doing something at the beach, whatever. Uh, maybe not, because it's not a holiday weekend, no Father's Day stuff going on this weekend. It's a great weekend for drafting, so check it out at myffpc.com, and don't forget about those Dynasty startups that are going on as well. Dave, you are back. 
Um, I can't, honestly, I know you're at the FSDA conference this week. I can't even remember where you were last week. Oh, you're in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, so how was the, the trips were good, the conference is successful, and now you're back? Yeah, it was great. Everything? Yeah, everything was great. Uh, the conference was, was lovely. Washington, D.C. is a very nice city. Uh, White House, we toured the White House. We yeah. The state capital, or the, the nation's capital. Right. That was great. Yeah, well, that's very cool. We're glad to have you back uh, in the saddle, and uh, it won't be for long. Spoiler alert, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, bring in tonight's, uh, tonight's guest, uh, this evening. Uh, let's get to him right now. Jay Reed has been playing fantasy football for more than 25 years, nine of those at the high stakes level and only in the FFPC since 2014. Scott Connor has been playing fantasy football since he turned 15 back in 1998 and is entering his second season playing high stakes in the FFPC. As a seasoned dynasty player who participates in over 40 leagues, Scott partnered up with Jay prior to last season after a chance meeting in a dynasty league that Scott was actually commissioning. And you can find these guys trying to add to their seven football guys and main event league titles this year under the franchise name, two greats for the game, in the FFPC, the FFPC main event, the Pros vs. Joes competition, and the Bare Knuckle Challenge live in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood this year. Please welcome to the show two greats for the game, Jay Reed and Scott Connor. Thanks for joining us tonight, fellas. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's uh, exciting to have you guys on. I I know that you have only partnered for, you know, this is basically your second year. But, Jay, I I recognize the two greats for the game uh, uh, team name. And when I, when, you know, Dave and I were talking about this, um, he he paired up your name with two greats for the game right away. So it is, we are well versed in uh in in your uh, team names in the draft rooms and and so forth and i want to talk about fantasy football and, and get to that before we get into it uh let's talk a little bit about you guys for a second jay tell us what you do for a living and then uh when jay's done scott go ahead and tell us uh, what you do well i support the u.s army uh with the research and development of weapon systems uh, and our mission is to provide uh, as much firepower to the warfighter uh, so he can come home to his family and I am a uh, personal injury negotiator for a large insurance company, so I spend most of my days uh, interviewing people and also uh, in heavy negotiations with uh, plaintiff attorneys on uh, large dollar injury settlements. So it's very parallel to uh, trading in dynasty leagues, I would say. I, I was just about to make uh, that, uh, that uh, allegory there because I think that makes a lot of sense. When you're not negotiating uh, in, you know, in your day job, you're negotiating like, hey, what are you going to give me for Stephon Diggs? Stuff like that. It makes a lot of sense. And certainly, uh, uh, you know, you're sharpening your, your day job tools when you're playing fantasy and vice versa. Dave, uh, I think you have a question. So, Jay, in a recent football guys draft, you selected one of my buddies, Jarek McKinnon, at the 303. Unfortunately, I haven't kept him in many dynasty leagues since it took so long to break out. But tell us why you're convinced he has the talent and toughness to be a big-time back in San Fran this year after being just like a third down back for so long. Well, I think Shanahan is going to use him out of the backfield as a receiver a lot. Uh, you know, so in this offense, I believe McKinnon could reach 75 catches. Uh, and, and the fine, and the 49ers signed him to what? Uh, you know, I believe a, a four-year, $30 million contract. I mean, that's a lot of money to invest in a running back. Uh, you know, and Shanahan has coached, the, you know, a top 15 fantasy running back five of his last six seasons. So I think McKinnon uh, is a real strong back, uh, despite not being very big. Uh, but he plays big, and, and I think Shanahan will use him to take advantage of linebackers in his game plan. 
You know, McKinnon's an interesting guy because he was, you know, you think about what he was in college at, you know, Kent State or, or wherever he was playing. It was some, some, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, thank you. I don't know why I said Kent State. For, former quarterback. Uh, former quarterback there is where, where I was going with that. He kind of, you know, you were excited about him. Uh, you, you probably drafted him in a bunch of dynasties, Dave. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah. And I'm mad because I don't have him in any be, anymore. But you can't be upset. I mean, Jarek McKinnon's been in the league for a long time. Yeah. And you think about where he was now, or where he was then, and then this roller coaster he's been on where he, you know, he dropped off a lot of t- teams, and now he's going in uh, FFPC leagues. His ADP's pushed up to the end of the second round, Dave. So I, I, originally I thought McKinnon would have been uh, an ascendant candidate uh, at the end of the season. Not so anymore because he's already ascended. Already there. And, and FFPC guys are are pushing him further and further up. Went at the 104. I don't know if you saw Darren Armani, uh, Darren Armani's um, uh, tweet from a few days ago. Went at the 104 in an FFPC best ball draft. Shut up. I am not kidding. Dead serious. Oh, a redraft, like in a redraft. redraft, yes. 104 is where McKinnon is. Damn, that's, that's crazy. When you have guys like Jay Reed, you know, touting him on a, a low-rated podcast like this, his ADP is only going to be going further and further up, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that much is clear. Uh, Scott, a lot of uh, owners last year, myself included, uh, were burned by Jamison Crowder until the end of the 2017 season. How likely is it that Crowder finishes uh, significantly ahead of uh, the wide receiver 38 spot where he is currently being selected in FFPC best ball leagues? Well, I think Crowder is one of those guys that uh, he was a part of that Redskins team last year that pretty much just had everything go wrong. Uh, that you could think of. I mean, they had an offensive line that was shot all year. It seemed like every time you watch him play that Cousins never had any time to throw. Um, so I'm thinking that he's he's somebody that I like to get uh, not as probably one of my top two receivers, but somebody I'm definitely comfortable plugging in there as a flex. And I just think that he's somebody that you can get a pretty predictable floor from week to week. Uh, but he's also got a pretty sneaky – profile where he can actually give you some big plays and so I kind of like him as a as a hedge flex you know third receiver that's pretty safe week to week but I do think he has some boom potential um, on a week-to-week basis as well so it's just one of those guys that I'm pretty sure at the end of the year he's going to finish probably I'd say 10 to 15 spots ahead of where he's being drafted so if he's falling into that range where I think we took him in our one of our first football guys draft uh, this season. And I think if he's falling in that range, uh, I think Jay's on board that we're going to try to get him as often as possible. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, and, and Jay, I'll let you comment on this, the quarterback for Washington this year uh, played in Kansas City last year, and he actually threw the ball downfield quite a bit. However, uh, Alex Smith has been known for, for his intermediate accuracy, and, and that's something that, that Jamison Crowder will, will no doubt benefit from. No, I, I agree. I, I, Crowder's building a great chemistry with Alex Smith, and, you know, he's not typically a long ball passer. Uh, you know, he had Tyree Kill, uh, you know, to throw to, so that opened him up a little bit. Uh, but he checks down a lot, you know, so I think Crowder's going to benefit from those receptions. So let's talk about how often you guys argue. I'd like to hear about that yeah. more. So, Scott, I'm going to ask you this question. How, when, you guys, when you have some disagreements in draft, lineup, uh, blind bidding, whatever, whatever disagreements you may have, how do you guys resolve that usually? Well, uh, we definitely get on the phone and we uh, give each other a little time to you know, kind of pitch on why we're thinking a certain thing or why we're 
you know, looking at a certain player. And then we start just looking at the draft board. And, you know, one of the biggest keys in doing these drafts, uh, especially when you're doing slow drafts uh, earlier in the season, like uh, we're in the midst of right now, is really looking at the board and trying our best to predict, you know, where we think the other teams are going to go based on what they've already taken and what the draft board's looking like. So I would say most of the time we're on the same page with a lot of picks. Uh, we tend to uh, like a lot of the same players uh, and the ones that we don't, you know, we clearly know which ones the other one doesn't like and vice versa. Uh, but I would say that's the biggest thing is uh, trying to forecast where we think the draft's going to go. Uh, and then it's usually pretty easy to make a decision uh, based on, you know, where the, where the value is on the board uh, and how to leverage, you know, what we think the other people are going to do. Scott Connor and Jay Reed, the uh, franchise owners of the two greatest for the game franchise that you can uh, watch uh, draft and pros versus shows this year. They'll also be uh, participating in the bare knuckle challenge, the main event, a bunch of other leagues this year. They are with us on the high stakes fantasy football hour tonight, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Uh, now speaking of the pros versus shows competition, Jay, I don't believe uh, that you and Scott have ever uh, drafted in it before, but you had actually published an article on early round team construction for this contest a few years back for uh, gridironexperts.com. So as far as this year goes, how are you and Scott going to use that prior knowledge to your advantage and, and try to win your league? Uh, yeah, well, this will be our first pros versus Joes contest, and, and we were excited uh, when we heard uh, we were representing the Joes this year, uh, and hopefully we represent the Joes well. Uh, but I wrote that article back in uh, 2013, uh, and the strategy I outlined uh, holds true for how Scott and I draft today. Uh, we both agree that running backs are, are going to dry up early, and, and I explained that in the article. And, and they're going to go quickly, especially in best ball formats. Uh, so we like to draft at least three running backs uh, within our first five picks and then find talented receivers in the later rounds. Uh, now, we don't use that strategy for every draft, uh, but we do more often than not. Yeah, I'm just looking at yeah, no. um, you know what 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 you've you, you've done so far. This 250 uh, VP league that you're in, that you were at the 10 spot. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Kevin Coleman, Aaron Jones, all within the first eight rounds for you guys. But it's not like you're ignoring the receiver position. You've been doing very well at that position as well uh, in, in that draft, Jay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's an example, uh, you know, sort of how we draft, uh, you know, together. We agree, uh, you know, on those running backs early. Uh, we went a little overboard in, uh, in this one. But we got some great running backs, uh, but we also manage uh, at wide receiver. Uh, they had Josh Gordon and Larry Fitzgerald, Jameson Crowder, who we just discussed, Nelson Aguilar, and, and Jordy Nelson. You know, so through the 10 rounds, uh, we have a lot of options at the starting positions and multiple combinations at the flex positions. You know, so this is an example, uh, you know, probably, you know, without giving away the form, uh, you know, this is how we probably will we'll approach the pros versus Joe's contest. Scott, you, uh, you've done some scouting. You're, well, you don't, you're perennially doing scouting uh, every single week, essentially, uh, on the pros competition. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Well, I think that one of the things that really stood out to me so far uh, with drafts uh, so far this summer is, just how deep the wide receiver position is. And if you don't choose to take receivers early, which we obviously didn't in that draft, um, you know, there's receivers that you can get 16th, 17th, 18th rounds that 
you know, in the in the right situation, I think could be very reliable week to week plays. And anyone that's done some drafts knows that the running backs come off the board so much quicker. Uh, so we've kind of prioritized uh, taking running backs early and making sure we have depth there. Um, also, as it's one of the most injury prone positions, and so. I think that's probably going to be similar strategy that we take in a lot of our drafts is to make sure we're not chasing running backs because uh, I do think it's easier to find receivers uh, a little bit later in the draft. And uh, secondly, with the running backs, there's some real intriguing names that come very late in the draft, especially ones that you're doing earlier in the summer before training camp. Uh, there's some names that you can get and kind of hold on to. And then knowing that, you know, if they don't end up winning the job or if there isn't an injury in front of them, uh, they're one of the first drop candidates. But I'd much rather take those last couple picks and stash those running backs. Maybe we'll talk about them a little later. But that's kind of been our strategy, and that's kind of how we're going to approach the pros versus Joes. All right, so let's talk about another running back. And actually, I have a little bit of inside uh, info from this. Wow. Well, not inside info. I have other respected – I don't know, person info, someone who's interested in this uh, running back. And I'll tell you about it after the question. Um, anyway, as far as the Packers backfield goes, uh, Jay, Ty Montgomery, is he a person we should be paying attention to for fantasy purposes or uh, as uh, it's passing by at this point? Well, Ty Montgomery is a guy that uh, Scott and I do not agree on, uh, you know, but I do believe Montgomery's the guy. Uh, you know, but Scott feels it's Aaron Jones. I mean, every time we discuss, uh, you know, who do we draft in the Packer backfield, we disagree. Uh, but I think the Packers will find a way to take advantage of his receiving skills and you know, line him up in multiple formations. And in a PPR league, I, I think he has the advantage over Jones and Williams, and, and will outscore both of them in fantasy points, my opinion. But but that's provided he stays healthy. But I'm sure Scott has another take on it. Scott, what do you think? Give us a yeah, take. I mean, I, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't dislike Ty Montgomery. However, if we're drafting this early in the season, I am less likely to choose somebody like Montgomery versus picking between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I'm clearly on the Aaron Jones side of that argument. And the reasoning behind that uh, is just, you know, the metrics that Jones came out of college with. Uh, he was a hugely productive player. Uh, at UTEP when he played uh, very, very high uh, athletic metrics. And so choosing between Williams and Jones is easy for me. But when it comes to Montgomery, I just think the Packers are going to use him more as strictly a satellite back. I think last year you saw that he cannot take the uh, down after down pounding. Uh, He has that sickle cell trait, and he's always been very injury prone. So I just don't ever see him elevating to a role where, you know, he's getting more than, say, 12 to 15 touches a week. And so – He's someone decent to take as maybe a, a fourth or fifth running back just to throw in there to get some points. Uh, but if I'm going to pick a running back there, and it seems like Jones, Williams, and Montgomery all go in the same area of the draft, I'd much rather gamble on Aaron Jones and hope uh, that he hits that potential. Yeah, yeah and that's FFC why you'll see right now. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just going to add that's why you're seeing some of the drafts in the ninth and tenth round. Uh, you know, we'll see Montgomery as a choice uh, that we've selected. And, 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 and the one we're doing right now in the victory point 250, uh, we selected Aaron Jones. FFPC drafts right now, uh, Aaron Jones at the 807, Jamal Williams 905, Ty Montgomery at the 1101. So they are all still going in that same area. Did you, can you talk about this inside in, info? Yeah, that- so I, I'm not, it's not inside info. It's just other than that, I was with Alice. We were at a steakhouse, and he 
out of nowhere brought up Ty Montgomery. As Alex he, did? Yeah, as a player he liked um, because he really thought that the team was going to throw to him a lot, get him a lot right. of touches as that third down satellite type back, mm-hmm. and that that's really he thought he thought the value was there. He thinks he's going to catch 75 balls, and uh, so he's a pretty big Ty Montgomery fan. And I mean, Alex isn't listening to the show, so who cares? Well, okay, but okay, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Here's what we learned in the last three minutes of this question. Aaron Jones, Scott Connor likes, FFPC drafters are drafting him first out of the Packers running backs. Ty Montgomery, um, Alex Kaganowski, and Jay Reed both like. Nobody likes Jamal Williams, apparently. <laughs> Nobody. He, he's, I mean, he's being drafted in the middle. but, but Montgomery's it, going last, right? He, Montgomery is going last, yeah, yeah, so the value is there uh, for sure. Scott, uh, you guys are going to be teaming up for the Bare Knuckle Challenge in, uh, at Planet Hollywood this September. For anybody who's not familiar with the Bare Knuckle Challenge, it is a 12-team uh, best ball league. And uh, 28 rounds, you cannot use your phone, laptop, tablet, uh, paper, you know, nothing. No help. This is all, it's all got to be formulated uh, in your mind. This is one of the toughest competitions out there. You guys are going to be in it. Also, if you want to come in, if you want to play, yeah. you can register for the, 20, uh, the 2019 draft because it's sold out. Yeah, the 2018 bare knuckle is, is filled up, but we're apparently taking signups on the 2019 <laughs> bare knuckle. I was not aware of that. Um, yeah, Chris at MyFFPC.com. But, Scott, your strategy that you and Jay will be taking uh, uh, for such a unique competition, what are you guys uh, doing for preparation for it? Well, I think Jay will agree that uh, he, he, is, uh, he is tasking me with doing the second half of the draft. We plan on switching sometime uh, in the middle. And so I'm, my focus over the summer is going to be uh, I plan to memorize all bye weeks and memorize pretty much every skill player on every depth chart um, and have an idea of the players that I'm going to be targeting. But at the same time, uh, I do not know exactly how, you know, the board's going to fall with the first 12 to 14 rounds. And so I'll kind of have to maybe tweak a little bit based on who Jay takes uh, in a best ball league. Uh, We definitely want to make sure that we don't have, you know, too many players on the same team or in the same offense. So I'm pretty much just going to focus on, you know, pretty memorizing as many players and roles and stuff as I can, and then have to adapt on the fly. I'll let Jay talk about the first half. Yeah, I've asked uh, Scott to do all the memorizing because I, I don't have time. I'm busy building weapon systems. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Scott's right. I'm going to take the first 14 <laughs> rounds. <laughs> I'm going to take the first 14 rounds and, uh, you know, build a build a core team and, uh you know, Scott's going to have the task of, of finishing it up in the last 14 rounds. I, I think we get a five-minute break uh, after round 14. Uh, uh, but if I get worn out after the first 12, I think I might get up and, uh, and, and switch and give it to him. But, uh, yeah, we're excited uh, about this, this draft. It's the first time uh, we're going to be in it. Uh, you know, I feel we'll do well. I mean, Scott is, is, is a dynasty expert, as you said earlier, Eric. Uh, and he plays in 40 dynasty leagues. He goes into deeper leagues uh, than I do, uh, so he finds those gems, those players with a lot of upside. Uh, you know, so I, I think we'll do well. Uh, but, but look, they've, they've got a lot of uh, good teams, uh, a lot of experienced teams in this bare knuckle, and I, I think it's going to be a really uh, good time and a, and a good draft. You know, one of the things I always thought to myself that I would use is it's funny because it's called the bare knuckles league. I was actually would use. Like my four fingers on my left hand, my four fingers on my right hand, and count each one as like a division to try and memorize the, the four teams and like get that down. I, I don't know if that's, and it's probably really stupid, but at least it's giving you something to just like to look at. Okay, like oh, okay, I have the Lions, Packers, Bears, Vikings on this finger. You know, like 
and like who are all the quarterbacks? Are the running, are those guys all gone? Or are the running backs all gone? Is that can you can you write the names of the divisions on your fingers? No, there's no writing down. No, but I mean like before the draft, did you write the names of the divisions, or is that not allowed? I don't think it would I, be permitted. I, yeah, I mean I don't. It's a pretty tight ship there. Although you know I say how strict it is, but I got to tell you of all of all the drafts that we had in Vegas last year, wouldn't you agree that the most lively was the bare knuckle challenge after the opening game on Thursday? Yeah, it's all, it's all guys are running laps around the board. Great. There's whooping and hollering. There's a good amount of alcohol involved over in that section. And yeah. I know and all the big payback people are like, did you guys keep it Well, no, they didn't. No, first of all, they, keep no, it they didn't. Nobody said that. I was, facil- the, the pretentious big payback. I was facilitating the big payback <laughs> at the same time, and nobody said that. There's, I mean, we were looking over there like, you know. Why are they having all the fun? We paid five grand. You know, what's funny, what was so funny was, it was like, I was like, holy cow, Kareem Hunt, he might have gone – he was like he was like the 102 or the 103, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the story of the night. No, clearly it wasn't. The story of the night was whatever the hell was going on at, over at the bare knuckle challenge table because it was crazy. There's a huge crowd there. It was insane. Anyway, Dave, let's 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 move on here. We'll, we'll get we'll any plenty more bare knuckle talk later. Guys, any further comments on our terrible comments just now? No, I can't wait to be a part of it. Though uh, sounds like it's going to be a pretty raucous atmosphere, so I'm excited to get out to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric, don't we have to uh, have, a, like, a full body check before we go into the uh, uh, the, the draft room or uh, right. check uh, for cheat seats and things of that nature? Uh, you, you, uh, it's pretty interesting. You'll get wanded. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Alex is, is in charge of all the uh, – there's going to be uh, metal detectors you have to go through, and it's going to be the whole nine yards. Just don't – just don't even smile at them. Just stand there. Otherwise, that, that will, there will be a body cavity search if, if you at all irritate them. So just I smile to, and move on. I need to always leave. I usually yell at them during these things. I, like I'm talking, get, we're talking, whoever I'm talking with, we're just too loud. Yeah, I've, I've gotten yelled at before. That's the very challenge. Cruiser, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, question. If you were forced to put one of these, <laughs> that's a great question. If you were fourth for one of these guys in the roster during the draft this season, Scott, who would it be? Kellen Benjamin or Sterling Shepard? Uh, well, this is a very easy question for me. Uh, one thing I do with all my dynasty teams is I track how many times I own a specific player, and I will say that there is uh, not a single – nothing but a zero next to the name Kelvin Benjamin. So it's an easy answer. It's Sterling Shepard. I like Sterling Shepard since he came out of Oklahoma – and it's an easy choice. The only question I have with Shepard is that, you know, you do have to wonder, you know, where exactly his targets are going to come from. Uh, but I do think there's a lot to go around with the Giants offense. I think they'll have a big bounce back this year. So, for me, it's quite easily uh, Sterling Shepard. I'm, I'm sorry, did you want to say something, Dave? Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I look at my dynasty teams and look at who I don't have. And, you know, Florida State players like Kelvin Benjamin or – other quarterbacks that, you know, steal crab legs and so on. Oh, hold on, hold on. Get groping allegations. Hold on. Things like that. Didn't you just trade for <laughs> Dalvin Cook? Huh? No, I dra- I'm drafted Dal- Dalvin Cook. That one in a few spots. Yeah, there you go. Well, well let me just lump I mean, I'm these ne'er-do-wells in the Florida State. He's, he's a good one. He's a good one. <laughs> I got it. And I mean, you Warwick, can't, you can't ignore the quarterback situation for the, uh, the Bills either. I mean, now they're talking about starting Nathan Peterman, and so I just don't. It's just a situation that, unfortunately, for 2018, I'm pretty much avoiding any Buffalo receiver. You and me both, my friend. Uh, I am with you on that bandwagon. Let's get uh, to some uh, listener emails. 
I will pitch this first one to uh, Jay. Uh, this is from Charlie in Epsom, New Hampshire. Dear two greats for the game. How did you guys end up as co-managers at the high stakes level? Thank you for the email, Charlie in Epsom, New Hampshire. We kind of talked about a little bit in the intro that it was part of a dynasty league, Jay, but tell us the story of how you guys got hooked up to, to be co-managers in the FFPC. Yeah, you know, I had a neighbor, and uh, he was in a, in a dynasty league, and uh, it was a dynasty league where, uh, you know, you, you can't make up your own uh, name for a team. Uh, you had to pick a, an NFL team. And, and, and it's not my niche. It's not my forte. But he kept saying, he said, hey, listen, the, the Green Bay Packers is available. And, uh, you know, so I said, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know why not? You know, so, so I, I, I took the team and, uh, you know, through the chat and everything, uh, you know, Scott and I, I started chatting, uh, and I was looking for a partner, a serious partner, uh, you know, to draft in, in Las Vegas and also online. And, you know, and I asked Scott, I said, you know, Scott, I said, uh, you know, what do you think about joining me on the FFPC? And I told him all about it. Uh, and, you know, and, of course, the, the, the last thing I told him was how much uh, we had to put up, uh, you know, for the, the interest league fees. You know, and when I told him the fees, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, the FFPC, the football guys, and the main event, uh, he, he answered, uh, you know, uh, he gave the right answer. You know, he says, well, how much can we win? Uh, and I said, that's it. Uh, you know, I said, that's the, I said this, this is the guy. You know, he wasn't scared away. I said, this is the guy. You know, he, he wants to take the next step. You know, he wants to transition. Uh, you know, we started talking, and uh, last year he joined me, uh, and uh, we had a we had a great year. Uh, and we brought home three championships, two in the uh, the football guys contest, and one. And we were in only two main event uh, leagues, uh, and we won uh, the championship in one of them, and we came in uh, third place in the other one. So, uh, you know, we're looking for uh, bigger and better things this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, using a big 2017 season to springboard into hopefully even bigger things in 2018. Scott, I'll let you handle this other email we got uh, for you tonight. This is from Joel in New Braunfels, Texas. He writes, what Browns running back do you like best this season? Best of luck in pros versus Joe's. That is Joel in New Braunfels, Texas. When's the last time you've been to New Braunfels, Texas, Dave? I haven't been. What I've heard, I'm familiar with it. What, familiar with it. what I've heard, great barbecue down there. That's, that's, that's in Texas? In, yeah, yeah in Texas. I'm, I don't know about New Broncos. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, all in the Browns' backfield this year. Which one do you like best? Oh, this is just as tough as the, uh, the Green Bay question. I don't, I don't have such a polarizing take on it. But, you know, I, I started in Dynasty, and so my inclination is to – go with either Nick Chubb or Duke Johnson. And it's kind of like the Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery argument. Uh, I, I think Duke Johnson is somebody that they will have a role for, uh, but I am a little discouraged on some of the comments that have come out about his usage. I think Jarvis Landry is going to hurt uh, his PPR upside. And I was a little perplexed when they signed him to that contract extension uh, a couple of weeks ago. But if I had to pick one, um, I'm somebody that's usually looking for the upside. And so I would probably – take Nick Chubb if there's the value there in a draft and just hope that, you know, the second half of the season, uh, his talent takes over and hopefully the Browns are still in contention or they're in a point where they want to see what they have with Nick Chubb. So my answer would be Nick Chubb. Contention. Contention. They're over under five and a half. Yeah, they'll be fine. 
We'll get up there. <laughs> I am not <laughs> making. I, I am not making this up, guys. I just. I literally just looked up the ADP. Um, this is from drafts in early June up until uh, yesterday, I believe. The ADPs of the Browns running backs. Duke Johnson leads the way at the 802. All right. Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb, 803. Both the same. Both the same. One, one pick smoke. after Duke Johnson. That's pretty insane. So they. You pretty much could only get one. I mean, maybe you could get two, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, to, if you have that 7, 12, uh, 8, 1 turn, you, 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 could, could, get, that that you could make that happen. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. They're all bunched up. I expect some um, some more variability as we get closer uh, well, to would, the start of the season. I would hope so. There was a, like, I guess it can't get any closer, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> there was a Roto World blurb on that, wasn't there? On what? On the Browns? I thought it was. Sp- 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 oh, uh, talking about um, – how Carlos Hyde is, is going to be the lead guy to start the year. They, they some sort of hot hand crap. Oh, yeah, there was that. Yeah, they oh, yeah. were going to go with the hot hand. Freddie Kitchens said that this is a running back coach for the Browns. Right. So the team will ride the hot hand in the backfield this season. Yeah. That to me actually, you know, to me that actually speaks, that, that's good good for Nick Chubb. Yeah. Right? Because when you say hot hand, you're like, well, I mean, we're going to play the guy who we drafted really early. That's good. Right. So I, I, I think that's good for Chubb. Makes sense. Do you have uh, – we, we've been uh, taking up so much of, of Jay and Scott's time. Can we get one more question here, Dave? Oh, actually, I feel bad. We should keep my longer. Oh, yeah. Make it a three-hour show. <laughs> make up spill all the pros versus Joe's and bare knuckles. All right, so Jay is going first here. Uh, who's the, this is always our stuff where we steal all the information and use it for ourselves for Kentucky. So who's the guy you'll be staying away from in the first couple of rounds this year? And who's the player that we will be uh, – you think will be flying under the radar in 2018? So Jay goes first. Scott goes second. No duplications, please. It's like the twenty-five thousand dollars pyramid here. Yeah, the clock is ticking. There will be a family feud style. We're gonna go. <laughs> if, if you, yeah, uh, exactly. you should have that. Like, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. So, Dave, you're giving me the advantage to go first, right? That's why you uh, get fifteen well, seconds. Uh, yeah. Or is it 20 nowadays? I, can't I, th- I think what it is is Jay gets 15 <laughs> seconds and then Scott gets 20 because he'll probably duplicate at least one of the answers. So. A uh, turkey. <laughs> a chicken. All right. Well, uh, you know, let's see. Well, you know, while I'm staying away from T.Y. Hilton, uh, I think he's currently being drafted in the middle of the third round. Uh, I don't think he's a bad receiver, but I'm really worried about Andrew Luck getting him the ball. I mean, Luck has not played in a long time, and I'm not quite sure if he's totally healthy. You know, I mean, I mean, Hilton might have upside if uh, Luck returns to his old self, but he's too risky for me, uh, especially in the early rounds. Um, I, I guess, you know, a guy, he's not really under the radar, but, you know, a guy that is falling under the radar and also moving down the draft board, I think, is Jordy Nelson. I mean, you can draft Jordy in the, in the 10th or 11th round as your wide receiver four or five, and I think that's insane. You know, I mean, once Jordy was signed, uh, the Raiders released Crabtree and Patterson, and so that should tell you something about their confidence in Nelson. And, and Aaron Rodgers was upset uh, that the Packers traded Nelson, so you know, you must have believed Jordy had something left in the tank. You know, so I don't, I don't think he's getting the respect uh, he deserves. I, I agree with that, actually. Um, in fact, like I, I said two a few weeks ago, I made a trade where I traded the 204 or the 202. For the 204 and Jordy Nelson in a dynasty league. So it's like ridiculous how yeah. deep he is in dynasty. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Scott. Well, first, speaking of family feud, uh, I want to give you both uh, David Balky props for uh, being a little bit better host than uh, Steve Harvey. Um, but I wanted to definitely point out <laughs> that I think Jarvis Landry's. Uh, we wouldn't screw up an Academy Jarvis Award. Landry's, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry is somebody I'm avoiding. Um, Avoid Landry. I think that it's not necessarily anything about his talent. You know, you can look at the contract he signed with the Browns and say uh, he's, you know, a pretty safe uh, player to draft. But I just don't see the – I don't see the opportunity coming his way like it like it has been. Uh, he's made his he's made his hay on getting a lot of receptions the last four years, and uh, combined with Tyrod Taylor is not somebody that has heavily targeted the slot in the past. And also, uh, Tyrod is usually on the lower end of pass attempts, and so there's a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland. So I just think the mass stats for Jarvis Landry are down are bound to go down, and I think I'm not the first one to say that. Uh, there's a lot of regression coming for Landry. So that's somebody that I'm not going to own. Uh, in terms of somebody that's flying under the radar, I love Albert Wilson with Miami. I think that's a guy you can get. I've seen him go at the very last couple rounds of the draft, 17, 18th, 19th round. Uh, and that's somebody that is actually replacing the Jarvis Landry role in Miami. And I think he has very high upside. He can both play on the outside and play in the slot. And I think it's somebody that could come into a lot more targets than people are really projecting for him. I think he could probably get up upwards of 90 to 100 targets and also get some uh, work out of the backfield. So I think Wilson's a very good value, uh, and I'm kind of hedging that he's going to take uh, most of the opportunity away from Danny Amendola. I think that's why people are avoiding Wilson uh, for where he should really be drafted. Yeah, they paid Wilson too this year. It's something, something to keep in mind. Um, so if, And for sure when he is – Where's Wilson going again? Uh, Albert Wilson? I yeah, can look him up. Uh, I thought Amendola was like 18th when we were talking hold about Hold on, hold on, hold on. Albert Wilson. I always Albert, expect this data from you. Like, I'll give it, like, just give me two GD seconds I'm just, to look at it. I'm just saying, I'm sorry I expected so right. soon. Now I get pissed at me. Well, because I thought you were. What the hell is your problem? Because I, I thought you were about to yell at me. Guys, are going to get pissed at you. Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson, the 21 11 right now in drafts, and Danny Amendola going at the 18 11. So, three rounds. Three rounds. Eric? Thank, thank you. Hey, Dave, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Jay and Scott, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, guys, for coming on the show tonight. And uh, I, I know you want to protect some of those secrets for the Bare Knuckle Challenge for the Pros versus Joes. We will uh, obviously be following uh, the Pros versus Joes drafting. You guys are drafting in that. Uh, feel free to give us a call uh, during the show. We'd love to have you back on, and maybe you can make a pick on the air and talk a little bit about how the draft was going. But if not, no hard feelings, and we will see you in Vegas. We wish you best of luck in the main event, all your football guys' leagues as well. And thanks so much for coming on tonight, guys. Yeah, listen, I, before we finish up, uh, I just want to let Dave know uh, the customer service uh, and, and, and support that the FFPC gives all the players is just outstanding. Uh, and I want to uh, throw a shout-out to Chris Lambert. Uh, just the other day I needed to switch a team uh, to a different date, and, and she responded in less than five minutes. Uh, and what's important about that, it was on Father's Day, and she was having uh, dinner with her father, but she still took time, uh, you know, to, to, to answer my question and, and do that. And, and really, that, that was over the top. Uh, so I just, you know, I want to give a shout-out to Chris and the great support uh, that the FFPC gives to, to all the players. Well, thanks. We appreciate that. Chris is amazing. You know, the thing that sucks, though, to be honest with you. That what, there's only one of her? No, what sucks is when, like, I give an email. You know, if you email Chris and me at the same time, I always take second. Like, you, she always gets it done. I'm like, oh, yeah. The, yeah, it looks like it was six already. Cool. Good luck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's the best, uh, for sure. Uh, we will definitely pass that uh, pass that on to her. So thanks again, guys. I, I really appreciate uh, the kind words, and and uh, we'll we'll talk to you in Vegas. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Guys. See you there.
Thanks. We're going to make a lot of noise, though, when you're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Reed and Scott Connor, ladies and gentlemen, two greats for the game. And oh, they, it's these guys. They, they will, yeah, exactly. They, they will. You know, it's, I, was try, I, was, I was saying this before, like, everybody always gets all lubed up during that viewing party. That oh, right, of course. The fourth quarter gets a little out of it's control. It's a three-hour and 30-minute game, because they always have, like, the half-hour the half halftime, too, you know. Um, I... Um, for whatever reason, on Thursdays, I, I, it's not like I'm super busy. I mean, I am busy out there, but I just, I typically don't eat a whole lot that Thursday. And plus, you're kind of coming off of like you're coming off the whole draft season. You're all burnt out. And yeah. Like you just flew well, like I, a day before. Right. No. Two days no. Before. I mean, two days before, and I'm, I usually facilitate a couple of drafts before that, and then I usually change into character. And uh, or I, I retire to my room, and Don Erickson comes down. And the thing is. <laughs> Uh, Tupac or Ron Meyer, um, uh, Corn Fins, The Real Leroy, uh, yeah. Kurt, I usually hang out with them. And they always have at least two drinks, like, waiting for me. To, to, right. Like, you know, so then I, I have a couple of those. And then the fourth quarter last year, I just remember being so out of control <laughs> because of what Kareem Hunt was doing. People right. were just losing their bowels over yeah. over what they were seeing. So I get it, it got around like nine hundred calories and you're probably a little carving like an idiot. But it, but and that's not just I mean like I, I know for me it got a little nuts, but it gets even more nuts for, for everybody else. It's it's a great atmosphere and uh, that definitely seeps into the bare knuckle. And and it's not even like those guys run out of steam. Twenty eighth round they're still whooping and hollering around and, and then undoubtedly went out and partied in Vegas later yeah, on. I'm asleep by then. Uh, let's get to uh, tonight's rundown. I want to thank Rob Football Guys and Roto World uh, for it. And now I don't have it. Nope, it's right here. I got it. Crisis averted. Chris Carson has been, quote, the most impressive of any running back in this team's offseason practices this summer. Uh, General Manager John Schneider has said at times Carson actually looks like the best player on the field. This is according to a report from Brady Henderson of ESPN. Chris Carson has been getting a lot of hype, but let's face it, what Seahawk doesn't get hype in the offseason as long as Pete Carroll's been the coach there. Rashad Penny was the first-round pick there, Dave. The biggest question for him, can he pass protect? We know he can run. He can catch a little bit. But can he pass protect? If he can't, is, does Chris Carson make sense for a late-round pick, or do you think he's just a wasted pick in, the, in, in an FFPC draft? I don't think he's a wasted pick at all. I think he's definitely worth taking. Even if you don't take Penny, I think he's worth the flyer. Chris Carson going in the 14th round of FFPC drafts right now. And that's not, by the way, that's not super cheap. I mean, it's not... It's not really, really, round, dude. I mean, it's not really, really, really expensive. It's not like an 18th round flyer. You know, it's like you're, you're still spending some draft capital there in the 14th. Let me give you the name of four running backs that are going right around, and you tell me if you'd rather have any of these guys than Chris Carson. Bilal Powell, Doug Martin, LeGarrett Blunt, or Matt Breida. Breida's interesting to me. Uh, I'm still worried about McKinnon's uh, yeah, durability. I, I don't know. Probably none of those guys are really all that So Carson, you'd like over all of them? Yeah, I mean, Brito's all right. I okay. Guess, I guess. All right. Chad Williams, J.J. Nelson, Bryce Butler, Greg Little. Greg Little. Yeah, I can't believe he's still Welcome back. Up. And Christian Kirk could all be candidates for the number two wide receiver job during training camp. It's Darren, a terrible statement. Darren Urban's uh, – well, Darren Urban from azcardinals.com uh, reported this. But then uh, Chad Williams is actually listed. I saw this on Roto World today. He was actually listed as a starter opposite Larry Fitzgerald um, with what? J.J. Nelson. Right, well, Chad, no, Chad Williams, your boy. <laughs> I heard. Your dynasty boy from last year. Uh, it, it's certainly a, a group with a lot of upside, I, I, but a trem- tremendous amount of downside here as well <laughs> with these guys. 
J.J. Nelson's the burner. Bryce Butler is, is, you know, he put up the numbers in Dallas. He just couldn't get on the field consistently. Chad Williams is a guy. Where was he playing before Grambling? Was he at LSU? He was at a, at a big school before he transferred. Uh, that I don't recall. Okay. So, well, I, I'd have to look that up. Maybe Rob can get on that. And then Christian Kirk was, of course, their second-round pick this past year. So they all have their pros. They all have their cons. The question, Dave, is this a job to pay attention to for, like, a best ball format for a football guys league? Can there be fantasy value squeezed out of that number two receiver in Arizona, catching passes from either Bradford, uh, Rosen, or potentially both? No, yes, Miami makes a good point. He brings up Ricky Seals-Jones being the number two target on the team and that whoever this is might be the number three target. That's possible. And then we still have David Johnson to deal with. Um, I think... You know, Chad Williams, I mean, he did really truly disappoint. You know, he had played very little. What do you have, 90 snaps or something like that? Yeah, I don't even think he hit 90. Yeah, it was like very little. Uh, I would lean towards Kirk, but Kirk's probably by far the highest-priced player um, as far as being drafted. So, But I would still probably lean towards Kirk taking over Chad Williams. I mean, if Chad was going to keep the number two role, I think he should have shown more last year, and he didn't do that. So I just don't trust him. I don't trust him this year, even though I was, I was kind of on him last year. Because he was picking the third round, you know, so I'm like – He's a decent flyer. No one was taking him in Dynasty, so I can get him in all these fourth-round picks of Dynasty drafts. But, you know, those picks don't always work out. Uh, Chad Williams, I can confirm, um, went to high school at Baton Rouge Madison Prep. I'm not seeing – he was arrested on LSU's campus. (laughs) I, I don't know if he uh, he actually went to the school there. He might have been some sort of vagrant just hanging out with his good time buddies there. Yeah, maybe he was maybe he was trying to just sit in on uh, pit classes because he wanted to just learn. He wanted to be educated. Yeah, that's that's a possibility too. Um, I'm I'm not really sure. <laughs> Understanding the arts. It's all speculation at this point, ladies and gentlemen. That's we, a van goal. And listen, we. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Williams is pontificating on, uh, on Van Gogh pieces of art. I like Monet over Manning. I mean, impressionism. Tip, tip day day. Yeah. I mean, Hopper's Nighthawks is solid, but I mean, that's it. I don't really like anything else in the, you know, the Art Institute of Chicago. Is that who did the Nighthawks? Hopper? Yeah, they're Hopper. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, that's that's a very famous one. I actually know that one. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a nice place. <laughs> Zach Kiefer from the Indianapolis Star reports Naheem Hines has been lining up in the backfield in the slot, and out wide. He's Ooh. been uh, one of the most active players in the offense through both spring and summer practices, and uh, it seems clear that Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni have big plans for him in that Colts offense. And guess who owns him in Carrington, five, baby? 5'8", five, 198 pounds. Congratulations on your Heinz. I have a story <laughs> about that in a second. Uh, he's not really proven as a receiver, but he does. He could be a good change of pace back. And, Dave, i got to be honest with you. Every time I tweet about Naheem Hines or go on Twitter or read anything about him, um, every analyst is on him saying you got to draft him. Uh, Matt Schaub from Draft Sharks is on him. Rich Rebar from Roto World is definitely on him. Oh, he sucks. He's going at the 11.09 in redraft leagues right now. 11.09 in the FFPC. You right, pay- you know what, all right. First of all, I this, have, this is, first of all, I want, I'm leading you into to to try to tear him down because the, the sugary goodness on Naheem Hines has, has reached epic levels, and I want you to kind of put people in their place here. If you yeah, can do yeah, yeah, I can. So, okay. It says here, he's a compact runner with the quickness and agility to create his own space. Okay, his agility okay. was a 4-3-5 20-yard shuttle time. That sucks. No bueno. His three-cone drill was a 7-1-8. That gives him an agility score of 
five three. I mean, like that's like Marshawn Lynch does like stuff like that. I mean, no bueno tambien. I mean, so I mean, when they talk about quickness. Oh, and by the way, let me just rip on something else because on football guys, they were talking about um, Dylan Cantrell. Yep. And saying he lacked the, the short area of quickness. I'm like, dude, he ran a six five six three cone. Did any of you idiots actually look at that? Before well, they're not that? idiots. But well, that was, whoever wrote that was an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> but I mean, short area of quickness. Uh, Naheem Hines doesn't have it. He has straight area. He has straight. Straight on speed, that's right. what he has. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, it's not agility, really. We'll see what he does. I, I'm i not quite as high on all these other guys, or as high as these other, other guys are around. I mean, I like them, but, I mean, come on. Lance Turvis, the sports betting man. Hines equals return specialist. Book it. That's what he said in the chat room. Yeah, that's what you're going to see in training camp. They'll be like, oh, Hines is uh, you know, catching punts and kick returns. Um, by well, the way, also then the question is, is it Wilkins or is it Marlon Mack or what? You know, I think they're going to use all three of those guys probably. Okay. I, I would lean towards Marlon Mack being more attractive for fantasy than Jordan Wilkins, but whatever. I would agree, I would agree with that, but, I mean, I, I'm not really sure anyone's going to be a top 15 type back. I, mean, I don't Look, think so. when Andrew Luck can only throw it so far, who do you think he's going to be throwing it to? <laughs> they, they got Eric Ebron for a reason. And they have Jack Doyle for a reason. You know, yeah. th- these guys can all catch – all he basically asked, it was my favorite pass to throw in high school. Um, we had this, uh, uh, it was like a read play where I would get to the, when I would play quarterback, my illustrious two-year career as quarterback. Nice. Um, I would get to the line, I'd look at my two wideouts, and they would, we had these signals for whether they're going to run a, a hitch, a fade, a slant, an right. out, whatever. And the one receiver got to know that, like, if he called, if he said slant, I was going to throw it to him every time because all I had to do on this, it was a quick slant. So all I literally had to do was take, take the snap, take a quick um, half step back, and then gun it to him. You know what right, I mean? Right. And I love throwing that, man, because it's like – you have to do anything really? No, nothing. And so, like, you know, I wouldn't even bother looking at him, you know, after two months into the season. I wouldn't even look at him because I know what he was going to call. And, honestly, he got the ball probably 80% of the time when we ran that play. I can't believe people don't like – anyway. Well, we weren't successful. By the way, Hines... Like, I did not start on the team. This, what, I'm talking about practice. What Hines should do is he should see what route Ebron's running and then run like four yards behind him. And then when the ball goes off Ebron's hands, he can catch it. That is probably something that should be written into the playbook. You're welcome. Chris Hogan's going to be asked to shoulder a bigger load in the offense in New England in 2018, according to a report from Jeff Howe at the Athletic. Uh, Hogan could be a pretty big play for the first month of the season, uh, September, early October, while Julian Edelman is out with his uh, four-game suspension. But you look at what Hogan means to this offense after that, Dave. Uh, he's probably going to be pretty integral still. You look at where he's going right now in FFPC drafts. And Some of these guys are talking about him in the third round. Yeah, he, he got, a little, got a little crazy uh, for a while. He's going at the 802 right now, the 802 for Chris Hogan. Talk a little bit about where you would be looking at drafting Chris Hogan in a draft this year. Does the eighth round sound good to you, or is that a little high for the likings of the Dizzle? So who's going right around that spot? Just I can tell you exactly who's going. Give me a little bit of you know, Some receivers? Sure. How about the 709, Julian Edelman? Which one would you rather have? This is an interesting question. You know, it actually is an interesting question. Um, I would... I'll probably take Hogan, actually. Not coming off an injury either. Sammy Watkins is going at the 704. Yeah, I think I would take Watkins, actually. I'm, I'm pretty high on Watkins, okay. to be honest. Um, I'm a little bit... Let me do this. I'm a tad bit... I don't... Oh, go ahead. Let, let me do this. I got, I got six receivers that are also going in the eighth round along with Hogan. All right, go ahead. Okay? Um, we'll play a mini Would You Rather with these guys. Chris Hogan or Emmanuel Sanders? No, uh, Hogan. I... Um, <laughs> I agree. I 
<laughs> reluctantly agree. I love my Manny Sanders. Chris Hogan or Devin Funches? Uh, man. I'm going to go with Hogan. I agree. Chris Hogan or Robert Woods? Hogan, I like Woods. I agree. Chris Hogan or Pierre Garçon? Um, that one's really closer for me. Um, I don't know. I'll still say Hogan. I would go Garçon there. Chris Hogan or Will Fuller? Yes. Hogan. Yeah, me too. And Fuller. I mean, Fuller? Fuller? You're taking Fuller over Hogan? No, I'm not. I'm okay. not laughing at the prospect. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is this is great because I'm going to do two more. Why is Fuller going so early when he's like a 35 catch, I, you know, bombardier type it, player? I think it was those touchdowns that he got in, in limited action with Deshaun Watson uh, last year. Anyway. If you just if you're looking at his numbers. Yeah, I saw. You know, but I mean, if you're just looking at that, you're not looking at oh, did, was he scoring touchdowns? Yeah, or what? I, I get that. Okay. You make the same argument, though, as to why you not draft Tyree Kill to some extent with Watson, but it's a little bit of something I'm thinking about. Being, yeah. I'm not thinking about being down on Tyree Kill, but I'm not and sure yet. up on Sammy Watkins? Yeah, but I'm... Holy but I'm no, I'm, just, I'm saying relative to their draft position. Okay. I'm not saying over... You know what I mean? I, no, I get it. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, okay. you have to take that into account. Right. I get it. Yeah. Okay, this, this is going to be fun. I was going to only ask one more, but I'm going to ask two more because there's a guy that you absolutely hate and a guy you absolutely love. <laughs> Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup or Chris Hogan? I'll take Cup. <laughs> really? You would take Cup over Hogan? Sure. Over I don't that. think I could do that. I think I would take Cup right. Hogan. And then Chris Hogan or Randall Cup. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> Ronald Jones could post the biggest numbers of the team's uh, defense-heavy draft class since, according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, he could get 15 to 20 touches a game. No Doug Martin left there. Uh, so they are looking for a lead back, Peyton Harbor. Uh, Peyton Harbor. Peyton Barber. By the way, did you see what happened to Clay Harbor on The Bachelor? Remember Clay Harbor? Yes, I remember Clay Harbor. And no, I don't know what he, happened he, to him on The Bachelor. He um, was a free agent, and he, he got an injury in like a touch football game or something on that. He he was on there. At, at, As he, a candidate? Or no, 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 not a candidate. He would just showed up for one of their BS you know, group date things or whatever. And I guess he hurt his wrist and it needed surgery. <laughs> yeah, this is when he's a free agent, man. Whoops. Uh, yeah, whoops indeed. Uh, so Peyton Barber is uh, is there as well. Uh, he just does not have the um, talent that uh, Ronald Jones uh, displayed when he was a Trojan at USC. Could be RBBC to start the year, Dave, but I've, I've been on the belief that Ronald Jones uh, is the man by the end of September there. Yeah, Ronald Jones, by far, by, Ronald Jones is by far the best talent ahead of Charles Sims, Peyton Barber, Sheamus, the whole rest of the whole, he's like, the, well, okay, Mike Evans is fantastic, great. Right. But he's a really talented, he's a playmaker. I, I think Rojo's going to do great. All right, this might throw a monkey wrench into this a little bit. Let me ask you yeah, this. Is is suspended for three years? He is. For the first, I mean, we don't Allegedly. know. It could, be way, you know right. it could be one or two or three. God knows at the NFL. And Jemima said he was one of the bachelors, by the way. Clay Harbor was? Yeah. See, I didn't think he was. I thought he was, he like just showed up for a, so, because there's just like a, this, bachelor, I know, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought it was, a, I thought it was the bachelorette, bachelorette with Becca Kufrin or whoever. I could be Why wrong. Are we ta- you know, okay. No more bachelor talk. Talking about some gay crap. Okay. No and, and, gay people. Anyway. But this is gay crap. But, but <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Even the gays are like, oh, this is gay. oh, right. For God's sake. I want to bring up this thing about Winston. So Jameis Winston is, is probably going to be suspended for the first three games. Listen to the Buccaneers schedule the first three games. They are right. at New Orleans, right. and then they host Philly, and then host the Steelers. <laughs> 0-3. Not only is it 0-3, and, 
But is Ronald Jones going to struggle to break out now? I mean, are you if you draft Ronald Jones, are you concerned with this Winston suspension as well? Because the offense will be completely held hostage with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Griffin the first three weeks of the season. And you're going to have to sink a, like a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick into Ronald Jones right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a legitimate question. Um, I, you know, I don't think, first of all, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is a competent NFL quarterback. He's not fantastic. Right. He's not god-awful. New Orleans is a very solid playoff-caliber team, but they're not a team that shuts teams out, probably. So even if they beat them like 35-17 to 17 or something like that in week one, and then they're at home against Philly, and they're at home against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has a better pass defense and rush defense. And, you know, Philly's defense is, you know, it's not unbel- – it's, it's good. It's not unbelievable, though. I mean, right. I, I think they're going to still put up some yards. I, he'll still get his, I think. Maybe not the touchdowns you'd be hoping for if you had, you know, James or Sheamus back there, whatever. Ronald Jones or Mark Ingram? Um, just for redraft? Yeah. Football guys, drafts, whatever. Uh, Main and, event. And Ingram's out four weeks, huh? Yep. God, that's actually kind of tough. Um, if I'm playing main event, I'm going to gamble with Rojo just because I got I got him for the whole year. What if you're playing football, guys? Well, same thing. I mean, if I'm saying if it's, if it's a national contest, I don't mind doing that. Okay, fine. But I, I'm going to say, again, on the same token, you can if you can be, have a, a good enough team without having Ingram for those four weeks, he's going to come back and he'll be good. I agree. Ronald Jones or Derrick Henry? Uh, I'll take I'll take Jones over Henry. I, well, actually, I kind of like Henry, by the way. I do, too. But, I mean, he has to do with Deion Lewis. He's not a third down Yeah, now you're right. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones or Sony Michelle? Well, I'll take Michelle. I like the offense better. <sighs> yeah, I guess you're right. Sony Michelle. Yeah, Ronald Jones or Alex Collins? Jones. Yep, and Ronald Jones or Royce Freeman? Jones. Freeman's not even guaranteed anything. Totally agree. Um, Ronald Jones or Rashad Penny? Jones. Really? I go penny on that one. <laughs> Do you have five on it? No, come on. Hey, come on here. I said like I, I <laughs> with trepidation. I said I might go yeah, penny. Fifty-two percent still an advantage, you know, Balky. This isn't, you know, there's no bookie here. There's no juice, you know, on their butt. Let's get you uh, fantasy feedback here before I do something stupid. <laughs> hey, um, whatever. I'm just you know, the next, I, honestly, the you next know, time you ask sports betting man just took penny. Okay, there you go. I, yeah, and I'm just saying, he like, back you. it's a, it's a coin flip. Yes, back me for five bucks. I'll tell you what, man. If I'm if I'm looking for backers for five bucks, I need to reevaluate my life. <laughs> Kenny in Providence, Rhode Island, are you investing an eleventh round pick in Dante Foreman right now? Hell no. Eleventh round? Hell, hell, super hell. Eleventh round, Dave. To, to the nineteenth level of Hades, no, I'm not. And you know why? Because the news came out. What was the news? It's like the most obvious thing. It's like they're telling you not to take him. Oh, he could start on the pup. He's not, not quite sure if he's be ready for week one. That means he's out until week ten. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Seriously. When have you ever heard, like, oh, you know, we're not sure if he's going to You really gonna think he's going to miss that much? What? Who gives a crap? He's, he's not going to be – this actually – I hate Lamar Miller, but this actually, to <laughs> me, means, like, you know, you know, hold your nose and draft Lamar Miller wherever he's being taken. I mean, I can't stand the guy. I think he's a terrible talent, but – my question is, who's the next guy behind him? Is Alfred Blue still hanging out or somebody else? Oh, around? come on. I have no desire of drafting Alfred Blue. Lamar Miller, 5'12". Huh? 5'12". Right now for Lamar Miller. <laughs> still seems early, but I guess, you know. So you'd take him there. I would, I would take him at the 6.07 and later. Because I, I still have to be biased against him. You know who's going at the 6.07 right now? Tariq Cohen? I would take Lamar Miller over Cohen. And Tevin Coleman? I would take him over Cohen. Yeah. 
There you go. There you have it. Yeah, good, good guess. I Boy, I, I have to really reevaluate my Deontay right. Foreman. I did not, I did not think that he was going to miss that. That how have the Texans been with reporting injuries? What, wait, what is his injury? Yeah, tore his Achilles. Right, name a, name a running back that has ever come back from a torn Achilles. In I, I don't have the list in front. The answer is I, zero. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's yeah, zero. I yeah. might, I might bet five on that. But there has been a running back that's come all right, back. All right, all right. Wait, a running back that's come back. I don't even know the answer by the way. We a can't, running back first that's all, come back and been a top twenty-four player for one season. I am one not season, dude. That's like nothing. Okay. I am not putting the research in to figure this out. <laughs> One of the listeners wants to do it. All right, so no bet. I'll make a gentleman's nope. bet for zero. Fine. Gentleman's bet for zero. I'm curious. I got none on it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got, got, I got zero. I got none on it, too, but I really think that, like, that's the thing. is like the killings. You know, you're, you're done. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I shouldn't laugh. You know, Deontay Foreman, it's not like he's an old guy. I mean, young guys can come back from stuff like this. He's like 21 or something like that. He was a super young right. How old is he right now? I'm going to look it up right now. Because he was a super young running back coming into the NFL. So what was that kid? So was that guy from the Lions? Who was that? Uh, Javid Best? No, not him. Kerry <laughs> well, Johnson? You, no. The, the, the one... Uh, Okay, so he is older than I thought. Deontay Foreman. Well, he turned 22 in April. I mean, that's not that's not old. I I don't know, man. I 11th round, dude. I'm probably gonna reevaluate and not draft him there anymore because you're so sure of it. But come on. There's I'm looking at there's a, an old friend of football guy says any running back in history ever come back from a torn Achilles from 2012. Okay. Oh, Mikel Lashour is the player they were talking about at the time. Thank you. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, oh, granted, this was six years ago, so maybe someone's come back. He was the S bag that you got all ticked off when the Lions drafted him because of your job at Best Love. Yeah. I remember you you left the room and you <laughs> said. I swear to God, if the Lions effing take Mikel Lashur here, I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, really? Yeah, and then you came back and, like, Berman's like, and the Lions have made their selection. Mikel Lashur, Mel, what do you got? <laughs> That's awesome. You know? Um, so that was unfortunate. Okay, moving on. That's enough Deontay Foreman talk. Hello, Tony and Willie. Am I better off ignoring the Packers running backs this season, or is it smart to get at least one piece of it? Go Sharks. That is Mick in San Luis Obispo, California. Uh, do you get this reference, by the uh, way? Tony and Willie. And he, Tony and Willie, and he says, Go Sharks. Movie. Huh? He writes, he refers to us as Tony and Willie, and then he says, Go Sharks. Re- uh, West Side Story. Any given Sunday. Oh. <laughs> to- Tony, uh, <laughs> Tony D'Amato and Willie Beeman. <laughs> Can I pretend I'm cultured when, I, when you say, Go Sharks, and I say, West Side Story? Is that, I mean, I don't no, Jets and Sharks. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I feel pretty good. I, I feel good that I caught... So you brought up Van Gogh. That's a West Side Story instead of any given Sunday. We've we've gone from Van Gogh to Edward Hopper to... I barely uh, know the story. West Side Story. Who is that? Who who wrote that? Is that Tennessee Williams thing? No, I don't know that. Well, I'm about to. (laughs) Look that up. Okay, so we talked about this briefly with with, uh, Jay uh, Reed and and Scott Connor earlier. Jay likes um, Ty Montgomery... Scott likes Aaron Jones. I'm of the belief that I might take the cheapest one. As much as McCarthy wants to make this a running back by committee, I do believe that these guys will break down, and I believe there will be times this year when, you know, one or two of these guys, it will be clear that they will be carrying the load heading into that game. 
Now, it might only be two weeks. You might only get two weeks of, like, bell cow use out of this guy. Right. Just at some point in the season. Um, so, that's why you don't – then why would you draft that? Because it's not like they'll be totally – you're still swinging a ninth-round pick on. No, right? no, no yeah, yeah, unless you're taking Ty Montgomery in the 11th. Okay, fine, but why are you taking again? Why are you taking a one? Like, let's assume, let's assume that the chances are uh, 35, 35, 30 percent. But even then, I mean, there's such a, a range. I mean, like none of it's a, there's a chance that so you're saying of, ignore. There's a chance that none of them can be productive enough to be a, a, an RB, whatever. Yeah. Now, granted, Ed, you know, as you go back and forth for each, you know, games, that's fine. Or one could totally emerge, and then you get kind of a value. But even so, even if you get that so-called value of a ninth-round pick, what does that value emerge as? Does that mean he's like worth what a fifth-round pick would have done? Is it like an RB twenty-four, RB twenty-eight? I don't know, man. And then, and then when he has the break, when whoever, whichever player it is, if you draft the right player by chance. Do you, do, you, do you all of a sudden, do you have him starting in week six and he goes off for 28 points? So like, yes. Damn it. He was on my bench. Nah. Why do I have a bench that week? Listen, and, then, and then the next week he all of a sudden goes for six because they started somebody else. And then you bench him. It's a big mess, man. It's like, why, that's, why yeah, we're talking with about smart, high-stakes players here. Dude. I mean, if you're talking They know DVDs. when to start them. They know when to bench them. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Sure West Side Story is a musical with a book by Arthur Lorenz, music by Leonard Bernstein, and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, inspired by William Shakespeare's play. Um, Come on. Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet. There you go. Um, Don't I mean, say we're not cultured on this show. I mean, Ty Montgomery, because of the fact that he's more of a... He's proven as a receiver, right? He's proven that yes. he can catch passes. To me, he's the safest play as far as a PPR, but you know, he's an 11th round pick. I would actually take Ty Montgomery. Plus, Alex. Like, That's what I just said at the start, and you were fricasseeing me over it. I was, I was watching the chat. Bill in Altus, <laughs> Oklahoma. What's, what's, he writes, what's Dizzle and Balky? I think you meant to say what's up. But, uh, well, a Dizzle is Dave and a Balky is an Eric. <laughs> I hear a lot of buzz around Kiki Kuti right now, but I am getting him pretty much wherever I want in every draft in the FFPC. What are your guys' thoughts on him, Bill, in Altus? Well, my thoughts are Danny Mueller took him to two dynasties. I have him. Dude, but that's that, dynasty. Which was annoying to me. Because so you wanted him? Yeah, well, a little bit, and then he took him, so I'm like, all right, so I, that's going a couple other leagues just because Mueller liked him. The question really – They're going to use him in the slot, right? The, yeah, the question to me is where, where do you, how do you rank the – target priority players in Houston. Hopkins is one, clearly. What happens after that? Um, Hopkins is one and one A. Okay. He gets, what does he get, 180 targets, 160 Yeah, targets? 170, 180 is probably pretty accurate. Okay, but what happens after that? Well, that's where I actually like Kiki's because I don't have faith in Will Fuller. You don't like Fuller? I think he's nothing but a, a big, deep burner. Who'll, you know, He's worth like four targets a game. Kind of like a, a poor man's or even – a normal man is Deshaun Jackson. You don't like either running back? No, I, not as a pass catcher. Lamar Miller is like a 38 catches per year type of guy, which is like moderately annoying, but not the worst. They don't have a uh, – C.J. Fedorowicz retired, I believe. Um, they drafted yeah, the just, yeah, they, they drafted a rookie. I, who's the guy down there? They, they drafted – was it guy, the guy from Clemson? I can't remember. In any, in any event, you and I are not excited about the tight ends. Right. Coochie could be the second – receiver in this offense, especially if he is working from the slot. And you have Watson, who's kind of still a limited skill set. That, right. You know, he goes for one half the field and does whatever. So line him up on the same field as Hopkins, clear, or same yeah. side of the field as Hopkins. Yeah, do stuff like that. What round would you take Coochie in? I'm, and then I'll tell you where he's going. <laughs> um, 12. 
His ADP and FFPC best balls over the last two weeks. Maybe that, that might be a little high, but I've said 12, so I'll stick with him. It is a lot high because he is <laughs> going at the 2611. Oh, is his ADP. He is All right, three. that's really, that's really embarrassing. You need to, uh, well, you're not doing a ton of drafts right now. You know what I mean? Redrafts right. anyway. Yeah, that's still pretty bad. Um, but Kuti, I mean, I'd be all over him in the 26. This guy is saying, who is this? Uh, some guy in Oklahoma, Bill, in Altus, Oklahoma. Yeah, draft him. I mean, sell a 26th round, 25th round, 24th round pick in your best balls on him right now. It makes a lot of sense. I would think that that ADP is eventually going to come up, but... I mean, it'll right be, now. It'll be 12 by the main event. It's, it's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. I can't even save myself on that. Dizzle Domus. Dizzle Domus. I was only on 14 rounds there. Um, <laughs> yeah, sports betting man. Maybe by Vegas he will be. Uh, Tim, in the Bronx, New York, how many quarterbacks should be selected before Jameis Winston given the upcoming suspension? Keep up the sometimes great work. Uh, thanks for the email, Tim, in uh, All the Bronx. Bronx. All of them? That's a little out of control. So, Jameis Winston right now, Dave, this is, I mean, obviously the suspension news is just, you know, basically, right. it's Bro. fresh. 10-10 is where he's going right now. I'm just counting how many receivers, I'm counting how many quarterbacks are going in front of him. And it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 quarterbacks are going in front of him. So, he was already for QB 18? Yeah. Uh, who cares? Though? Pretty you know, inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, it's like, whatever. He's semi-comps. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Jameis Winston or Andrew Luck? I'll take Luck. What? Yeah, I'll take you Luck. are insane. <laughs> the guy whose shoulder okay, so by the way, is hanging Andrew by Luck. a thread. Andrew Luck, by the way, whose ADP I am well aware of. He's QB 11, right? Uh, so why would I, why would I not take the guy who's already being drafted as QB 11? QB 13, by the way, going right. up to 10-0-3. Fine. He's starting to move up, though, because he's, you know, he's throwing nerf balls and the like and maybe get up some 9-ounce balls. And versus the guy who's about to get suspended who's already being drafted at QB 15, 16, 17, 18. Why am I going to do that? I'm not that dumb. Okay, good point. I just wanted to bring it up because I wanted you to I – I felt I had you in a pickle on that yeah. one. Luck equals suck, but Jameis always equals Sheamus. <laughs> Word to live by. Um – would you put five on a per game bet <laughs> between Winston and Luck? Now, uh, now, now, think about this. No, before, no, think definitely. about this. Think about this. I want the per game rider in here in this wager because Winston is obviously. I'm supposed to take Luck. Yes, but per game, Dave. <laughs> no. He could have one Bafo game. His shoulder could <laughs> fall off, and you could win. That's actually. That's why I want you to think about that. Anyone else bet? Okay, so I got. Fun. Okay, so I got five on James <laughs> Winston. A higher per game from week for you know weeks whatever the fantasy season. You have baited me into Andrew Luck. I will take Andrew Luck on a per game basis for a week. And how much do you have on it? This will be this will be one of our um, more fun ones to follow throughout the season because it'll it'll change based on suspensions, injuries, performance. Oh my gosh! To doubly torn labrums. Cow innards that are being put into the shoulder joint. <laughs> yeah, uh, trips to Europe for stem cell injections, <laughs> what have you. This this will be great. Final email we have tonight. Are you guys buying or selling that Martavis Bryant actually gets suspended this season? That is Ron in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Thank you for the email, Ron. Martavis Bryant. There was whispers that the Steelers were expecting a suspension. 
and, and not the Steelers. The Raiders were expecting a suspension, and then uh, all of a sudden there wasn't. And I thought the Steelers were expecting a suspension. Yeah, that could, that could have been. <laughs> or they're just like, oh, my God, they're going to give us a third-round pick for this guy? Yes, please. <laughs> we're all over it. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so you have um, Martavis Bryant, like, he kind of slipped in a little, for a little bit there. And then people are like, okay, Michael Gelkin, I think, is the guy who originally reported it. And then Vic Tefur, I, I think is his name, said that, yeah, he heard that report a few months ago, but then there, was, there wasn't any concern after that. So now it sounds like he's not being suspended. So now the question is, if you're in a draft, I, I don't know that it sounds that way. You're looking, okay, let's, well, read between the lines for me then. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, Martavis Bryant, 14-11 right now. Would you be pulling the trigger on him at the, four, at the end of the 14th round? What was the suspension? Yeah, 14th round, that's not bad. I mean, even if he does get suspended. If he gets suspended, he's done for the year. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, all right, I'm sorry. I was thinking it was less, a lesser game suspension. Yeah. Um, I still think there's a decent enough chance. So that in that case, no. Percentage chance that Martavis Bryant does get suspended. Is it higher or lower than 50%? I would, I would, actually, I would go right around that. Okay. Right around 50. So you'd say like 55 probably. You're, it I sounds know, like I, you're leaning more toward that he gets suspended than not. Well, I mean, if I'm going to have to choose, I'm not going to. Why would I risk a 14th round pick on this guy? If Doctor Strange were to look into the future <laughs> and play out 14 million different scenarios, yeah, clear. That's a, the Marvel character. Yes, 14 million different scenarios. How, 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 what are you doing? Um, <laughs> how many of those scenarios would Martavis Bryant get suspended for the full year? Uh, seven, million seven million and one. Ah, there we go. I knew I'd get the answer out of you. And uh, on that note. We are going to uh, end the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Jay Reed, Scott Connor, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, all of you for listening tonight. Thanks so much. Now, next Friday, Dave, you are off again. Yeah, sorry. It, I'm sorry about that. Really, the, I, I love doing the show. It's the, the summer of Dizzle. <laughs> it continues here, and it will be the show of, prior uh, obligation. of Balky. Yeah. So you have a prior obligation. You will not be around next week. Uh, my, I will my be. My apologies. I love the show. And let me tell you who else will be around next week. The Canadian Beavers. Jason Steve. Why do you get Oh, man. Oh, he's he's, yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's going to co-host the show with me. I've been trying to get him uh, on the show for a while. So he's going to be on next week co-hosting. That'll be a lot of fun. I want to remind everybody to register for the main event. Best Ball and Dynasty Leagues now at MyFFPC.com. Remember that Football Guys Early Bird expires a week from tomorrow. Next Saturday the 30th. So make sure you're getting in on that take advantage of it three times you got three free teams with that your weekend officially starts now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world eric and dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week i hear fairy tales by how they gonna run up on me well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away. Now, the real question is, would you take, would you draft as your two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Andrew Luck? Oh, my God. Now, hold on, hold on. You t- you take, um, you've taken three quarterbacks in leagues before. What about this? Winston and Luck, and then grab Trubisky in, like, the 18th. No, but I would, you know what, I would actually look at, I would take Winston Luck and, like, Alex Smith, like a, like a total, like, veteran. Yeah, you could do that. Gonna, yeah. Not going to crap it up. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, hopefully we didn't crap it up too much in the show tonight. Well, we, that we did. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>